You are listening to Holistic Living with Hazel, where you are informed, educated, and empowered to live your best holistic life. What's up? What's up, y'all? Hey, what's up? Hey, hey, happy Thursday! Yeah, happy Thursday, y'all. We got one more day. One more day. Yep, yep, yep. Then it's TGIF. I want to thank you guys for tuning into Holistic Living with Hazel. We are here to educate, inform, and empower you. And we can be reached on, let me get my handles because there's so many, y'all. God is so good. But we can go, you can go to Real 1100 AM. You you can also go to Spotify, iHeartRadio, as well as Apple Podcast. And... For my listeners who just can't get it right, you can come on my app, my Facebook Live as well. <laughs> but when you go on Facebook Live, I just want to say I don't get the ratings, but you get to see us, you know, in the background, chilling, holding it down in the studio. But make sure you do download Real 1100 AM so that we can keep going, right? And right. we can keep giving you the information that you need because guess what? We have informed listeners who want to know, okay? What's up, y'all? What's up? Uh, <laughs> what's up? These are my co-hosts. In the, in the background, you hear my co-hosts, y'all. Yes. And remember, I told what's you, up, I don't have guests, right? Right. So they chiming in. They down. They holding it down with me right now. So they're going to introduce themselves right now. Okay. Um, just give me your name as well as your title. And, yeah, that's it right for, now, for right now. Yeah. Okay, so... Hey everybody, my name is Wendy Hall hyphen Wilborn. I'm a licensed master of social work and hey, I'm glad to be here. And I also want to say you're my friend. Yes. We go way Queen back. Sister. We, we go, go way back. Yes. <laughs> and I thank you so much for supporting me always. Oh, way before goodness. there was a holistic living with Hazel. You always held me down. Okay, girl, don't make me cry because I, I am so proud of you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Thank you so much, and I'm just glad that you're here, okay? Yes, thanks. All right, Deidre. All right. Uh, <laughs> first of all, thank you, Hazel. Boy, uh, man, you're you just doing it. Uh, my name is Deidre Badu. I uh, uh, currently, uh, I'm retired, but... Uh, you're retired? Yeah, I'm retired. Okay. In fact, I've been retired <laughs> for two years now. But I, uh, I have been an addiction counselor for over 30 years. Uh, my credentials are uh, MBA, BSW, CHC2, CCS. Yeah, we're going to be here for a minute. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I, I just really like to call myself an entrepreneur because I, I dibble and dab and everything. But most currently, what I'm doing now is that I'm an education provider for GACA. Georgia mm-hmm. Association of uh, Counselors, mm-hmm. Georgia Addiction Counselors Association. Mm-hmm. I educate people that want to become addiction counselors. And let me add that you are my professor. Oh, yes. I'm your teacher. <laughs> yeah. I'm yes. your teacher. Like Regina was my teacher. I mean, we all kind of know each other up here in the yes. studio. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we- I'm, I'm surprised she ain't told me, y'all, I need to go ahead and take my test. But I'm going to. Oh, she- 
She will by the end of the year. Yes, I will have my test taken. You yes. know, you know, life, yes. but it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And under you, I can't go wrong. So I just thank you again um, mm. so much for even just being in my life. You have touched my life in so many ways in this short period of time. It feels like I've known you for years. <laughs> That's what I was getting ready to say. You and I kicked it off so quick. Wow. I was telling Hazel everything, like I've been knowing her for 15 years, yes. yeah, 30 years. You yes. know? <laughs> and I thank so I, you. And I thank you for having me on the show. I, look, these two people right here, guys, they're talking about addiction. There's nobody else that I would have here. I can't even think of anybody else that I would have sitting in here in um, front of me and discussing this and helping me bring this to the listeners. I can't think of anybody else that I would have sitting in front of me. So, again, Thank you all. And let's dig in because we got a lot of information. Oh, yeah. One of the things that we are going to, um, I'm going to allow to happen right now. And the Mm. reason why I have these co-hosts with me is because of their story, y'all. You just heard about their credentials. But that's not what really makes them who Mm. they are. Mm -mm. And so um, I've heard their stories. And I want to be able for you all to listen to their story. And then we're going to dig in because um, right now I am a firm believer in you guys who've listened to the show. You've always heard hear You always hear me say that things that happen to us are not about us. Mm-hmm. They are exactly. truly about what we're going to do with that experience to help somebody else. And I'm a firm believer in that. So, with that being said, um, I okay, so if you hear me call Mrs. Wendy Hall Wilborn, recon, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's okay, okay, it's okay, it's okay. It's a long, it's a long story, it's a backstory, and but I'm gonna try okay. to, I'm gonna try to keep it Wendy, okay, oh, okay, all right. So, all right. Wendy, go ahead and start and let us, um, just hear about your story, okay, so. As brief as I possibly can, I am a Atlanta native, born and raised on the west side, west side? of Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> west side, baby. So, you know, um, just consider the environment. Um, however, I was I was that person that was most likely to succeed. Not you would never think that I would have been um, a victim of addiction. Uh, straight A student, um, you know, could have been valedictorian. I mean, involved, smart. Um, I can't, no abuse in my family. Um, I mean, just a real good childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, I started using in my senior year, um, actually. Um, senior year of high school? Yeah, uh-huh. senior year of high school. Started using socially. No big deal. But when I know what I know now, there was something about then that I had that tolerance, if you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. that nobody else had. So Mm -hmm. I could drink the most. I could smoke the most weed and everybody be passed out. And I'd be like, yo, where the party at? So, you know, um, and being knowing what I know now, I I have an understanding of why it was that way. But I um, lived a double life, y'all, for most of my life. Um, because of my tolerance and because of my ability to achieve and my perfectionist issues and things of that nature, 
I was one person in the daytime, but I was somebody else at night. Mm. So the only people, the only person that certain people saw was that chick that's always grinding and always achieving, and she's excellent. Everything she touches turns to gold. Mm-hmm. But at night, when the lights went out, you know, they say the freaks come out. The freaks come out, <laughs> freaks at, come night. out at night, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, so, and, and I lived that life for over... Um, over 35 years. Wow. Um, I've had two or three careers mm-hmm. as a drug addict. Um, and, and, and in saying that, I, I just want to rectify something. A functioning addict, y'all, ain't no such thing. Mm-hmm. Please mm. know. Say, oh, they're a functioning alcoholic. They're a functioning addict. We were born pure. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as needing a substance mm-hmm. to function. Mm-hmm. That means you have a dependency. Mm-hmm. So I lived by that that life for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. I'm a functioning addict mm-hmm. because I worked and, you know, I went on with life. Kept my parents up. You know, I didn't I didn't have some lows as other people. So I stayed in denial a long time. Mm-hmm. So um, fortunately, I'm here today. I will celebrate 24 years of sobriety. Ooh, all right. All right. Yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, that's a little bit right there. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember part of this story that I, you know, that stuck in my mind, and I always say this when we're talking about it. Um, Wendy would tell me, uh, this was years ago, you know, just hashing through her life, and I remember her telling me that she was kicked out the crack house one day. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, she was kicked out the crack house because she was <laughs> preaching you hear to me? To the crackhead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, I just need to hear a little. I want the listeners to hear a little bit of that. Okay, so let me give you. Let me give you a backstory because my mom and dad made sure that I had class and I had quality. You know, I went to charm school. You know, I I knew about Dom Perignon. I knew how to set the table. I knew all of this etiquette stuff. Mm-hmm. So you know, there was a saying in the hood. You know, I can hang with folk in Buckhead, but I can kick it on Bankhead mm-hmm. kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So and for those that are not from Georgia. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. You know, it's okay. <laughs> we have listeners all over. For those of you who are not in Georgia, you I mean is can we explain Bankhead? Book? I mean, it's yeah. from hood to from hood to fancy, from yeah. hood to yeah, uh, right, right, upper right. class, right. Yeah. So that's what Bankhead to Buckhead means. Right. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. So anyway, um, so I I I incorporated all all the things I learned in my using. So you including know, the Lord, including the Lord. Mm-hmm. I've always had the Lord in my life. Mm-hmm. I knew the Lord when I was very young, but I incorporated, you know, etiquette in in using. I mean, we listen to Bob James while we while we free base. You know what I'm saying? And we drink wine and we use glasses. Oh, uh-huh. okay. Oh, yeah. So I'm teaching people how to be nice while mm-hmm. you smoke crack mm-hmm. and so one day somebody was stealing some uh some of somebody's stuff on and i said now you know god don't want us to steal from each other this stuff killing us i said so we should at least be nice to each other and somebody on the corner was like y'all need to get her up out of here because i just spent my last one dollars she killing her she high. done killed my hair. 
<laughs> Everybody here to talk about Jesus. But let oh me tell you what, God. I know that it was Jesus that brought me That's through it. That's it. it. And all the resources he provided for that's me. It. So I've always had a relationship with God, yeah. mm-hmm. even yeah. in the midst. Yes. 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 Yeah. But yeah, that's a true story. Yeah. I, yeah. That That's what <laughs> stuck out to me the most. Yeah. I was like, okay. I, I mean, I was just imagining that whole scenario. So, oh, Wendy, yeah. that's, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, God. Okay, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna start going on because I remember wait, wait, something else wait, that you told you know me. What? I, I can relate <laughs> with that, uh, Wendy, but I wasn't the one preaching. You know, mine started off, and, and I was a Catholic girl. You know, we all went to Catholic school, mm. and you know, uh, I, I didn't have any type of issues of. Uh, like my clients used to have. Uh, there was no abuse. There right. was no molestation. There was no incest. I mean, I came from a military family. My mm-hmm. mother and my father both were in the military. But I can remember I used to hold on to stuff a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm. And because I was a, always a small little girl, I always had to put this facade on, like, I'm bigger and better, and yeah. and I can do that. And I used to out drink the boys, you mm-hmm. know, when we drink those little shots. Uh I don't know if y'all remember shots used to be sold at the uh at the uh farm at the pharmacy. Uh what kind grew, of shots? Uh shots of liquor. At mm-hmm. the pharmacy? Yeah, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Oh that I don't See, remember I, that. I grew up in I grew up in Denver, Colorado. <laughs> okay. And so oh, the wow. Jewish people owned like the pharmacy stores. You know, and so on the way to school we would go in there, steal all the shots and Drink them on the way to school. Okay. And we always used to tell ourselves, we're not going to be like the big kids. Because I grew up in an area where all of the older kids were using drugs. Right. Except my family. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Mm-hmm. And so every it was just there. And we always used to tell ourselves as kids, we're not going to be like that. We're going to be like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So, uh... Uh, they kicked me out of the Denver Public Schools. I was kicked out of the whole schools because um, an incident happened, and they wanted me to tell. Well, you know, there's a code uh, in uh, amongst our culture, per se, <laughs> that we do not snitch right. no matter what. And so since I didn't tell... They just kicked me out of the whole Denver Public Schools. So fast forward, I never felt good enough. So when I uh, invited my best friend to come to live in Seattle with me, she taught me how to freebase. Mm-hmm. And and you know that saying, it only takes one time. Mm-hmm. That's all it took. Mm-hmm. And so for many, many years, almost two and a half decades, I was addicted to crack for 25 years. But I was like you. I was Dr. Jekyll, Mr. High. Going to work, couldn't wait to get off work, Mm -hmm. get high, go to work. And alcohol was like my primary drug of use because I had to drink every day, every day. And then when you couple that, being in a very abusive relationship, I was married to a very verbally and mentally and emotionally abusive man, and I didn't know how to get out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I blame myself for that because I never told my sister she was verbally or emotionally abusive because I didn't have a name for it. 
Right. You know, I, I didn't know what to say. So long story short, I, uh, I'll never forget this one day. We were all at the crack house, and I was sitting back outside, and I was looking at this tree. And the tree manned itself like he was Jesus. Hmm. And it went just like this, mm. shaking his head. Mm. And I started praying to God, God, whatever you do, if you take this taste out of my mouth, I promise you I will help everybody all the days of my life. Amen. And so I got in legal trouble. I had to go to jail. I went uh, 17 months in a day. <laughs> mm -hmm. I remember those days. And, and as soon as I got out, they sent me to what they call a therapeutic community treatment. Mm -hmm. They don't have those anymore, mm -hmm. but they need to bring them back. And I did, it was a two-year program. I did it in nine months. I became the house manager. And right when I was getting ready to leave, because I had graduated, the director called me in her office and she said, listen, if I get you off of parole, will you become a counselor? Wow. Now, my stupid self, I'm thinking, hell, I'm going to be no counselor. <laughs> <laughs> but I took it. Right. I took it. So I went for, straight from being a client to a counselor. And, wow. and then I started doing my research, and I started listening and paying attention, and everything started making sense. And I just fell in love with it. And every time I tried to get away from counseling, Something terrible happened. So I'm like, okay, God, I forgot I made you that promise. <laughs> Dang, God don't forget nothing. No, he doesn't. God don't forget nothing. <laughs> right. And I shoot back. And right. so now that I'm done counseling per se, because you're never done. Right. I, I decided to teach. I decided to teach. So Okay. And that's my story. Wow. Wow. I told you guys, it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Reader's Digest version. <laughs> <laughs> guys, listening to you all's story, um, you know, you've all related within your story kind of some of what led to addiction. Um, my listeners, one of the questions they had um, were, what are some of the factors? And like I said, you've listed some in your own personal experiences mm -hmm. just now. But are there any other things that you feel as a as a whole in society that you feel leads um, that may things that may lead to addiction? Mm. Mm. Well, first, definitely um, background uh, environment, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. major impact mm -hmm. um, how you were raised. Uh, some of the old antiquated um, views about um, you don't tell what happened in my house kind of thing. And, mm -hmm. and like you, Deidre, mm -hmm. I never experienced sexual abuse mm -hmm. or physical abuse and no type of child abuse or anything. But those are mm -hmm. things that are But, but those are some mm -hmm. old factors yeah. because yeah. I've had some people that I have mentored who have gone through some horrific yes. mm -hmm. situations and they use to cope. Mm -hmm. My using started out just for fun. It was something to do. Mm -hmm. and But what I learned later was that mine was I wanted to fit in. Yeah. Yes. I was different. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like they was having fun and I wasn't. And 
I want y'all to play with me. I, I was raised as an only child for nine years. Mm-hmm. So and and I I just recently stopped saying I hate hated being the only child, but a lot of my uh, isolation and not being accepted and, and things, fear of not being liked, people-pleasing, right? Mm-hmm. a lot mm-hmm. of that came mm-hmm. into play. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes. Um, that kind of that kind of leads to, um, and Deidre, you can touch on this. You know, I think I've said this in one of, of, one of our classes that mm-hmm. um, I don't say drug abuse. I say self-medicate. I think that... In my belief, in my right. experience, I believe people, and this was to to your point, I believe people um, self-medicate to, to, to cover up, whether it be hurt, trauma, um, exactly. you know, the, the, the depression, not, not the feeling of not fitting in. Yes. Right. And so I, I don't use well, drug abuse. I use self-medicate. We don't use uh, abuse anymore. Mm-hmm. The DSM-5 got rid of all that use and abuse. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's uh, mild, moderate, and severe because you're absolutely right. How can we measure abuse? Right. How can we measure abuse? And what good is saying somebody's a user or abuser? Right. It's better to say uh, this person is using to self-medicate. Mm-hmm. Right. Then, then we can find some type of... Uh, a treatment for that type of person. Right. right. You know, uh, some people and most people use to self-medicate. Let, let that be the, uh, that's a biggie right there. Yeah. And some people use, they start off using over curiosity, mm-hmm. you know, but self-medication, self-medicating is one of the number one reasons why people medicate. They're self-medicating because either they're in pain they're self-medicating because they have an underlying mental health disorder mm-hmm. where they can't can't get all those thoughts racing, mm-hmm. racing through their head and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Or they're self-medicating because they're fi- trying to forget something. Right. right. So that that is a good concept. And, and, and you're absolutely right. And that's what I appreciate about um, the 12-step program and the fellowship that loved me until I loved yes. myself is because they taught me Using was just a symptom yes. of what was really going on with me. Mm-hmm. And once you remove the substance, then there's hope that you can deal with those underlying mm. Absolutely. reasons yes. Absolutely. for self-medicating. Right. And so I'm forever grateful for hearing it that mm-hmm. way because it sounds so hopeless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. then it also alienates all of the other addictions. When we talk about addictions, th- let me tell you what. There Sex are so addiction. many uh, shopping, eating, <laughs> gambling, you know, and, and I think the target is so much on substance yes. Yes. because of the and the impacts are so much more visible. And I said that in my earlier, yeah. Um, yeah. I do a video prior to the to the show and I stated that that you know there are many facets of addiction we're just focusing today on a ab- drug abuse right. self medication right. <laughs> um but yes I'm glad you made and, that point and the way the world is going uh, pretty soon we're going to be looking at uh get a gun and shoot everybody up addiction uh, Okay. It, it yeah, not, Deidre. I mean, really. I'm <laughs> saying, true. you know what I'm saying? Girl, but, but <laughs> what when, in the world? When you're right, and you know what, and uh, forgive me, 
because uh, mentioning the 12-step program, I am a 12-stepper. And if it weren't for the 12-step program, mm. Narcotics Anonymous, mm-hmm. you know, I would not be here today. Me, the because baby. they taught me how to live. Me too. I did not know mm-hmm. how to live yeah. without the drugs. And so they taught me how to live without the drugs. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. Right. Um, I had a question, um, and I'm going to formulate it um, the way I feel like this listener uh, wanted it to be. But, you know, this show is, you know, we're not just focused on the black community or any one community. But we do have things, we, you know, with the show that we relate to. And so mm-hmm. the black community is something that's dear in, uh, dear to me, of course. Of course. Mm-hmm. And um, I see some disparities even in mental health. Um, but do you all feel that the black community, that there's a gap between other ethnicities when it comes to treatment, when it comes to, and we're going to hit on this after the break, we're going to talk about family dynamics, mm-hmm, and I really mm-hmm. want you all to hit on this. Okay. But, you know, is there is there a disparity? Yes, yes ma'am. Absolutely. Okay. Yes, ma'am. It is horrible. I, I uh, Okay, I, I, talk, I say I was born on the west side of Atlanta, so for all of our other listeners mm-hmm. in other states, you know, most of the time where Martin Luther King Drive is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. That's where we are. Yeah. All across the country. And, all across the country. There was a facility around the corner from where I grew up that was a recovery facility now watch this and it was funded through what 501c3 okay okay it it was funded by uh samsa exactly but guess what Mm -hmm. the crack house was doors down Mm -hmm. that would in itself to me is a disparity because did we not know that we were supporting a, a a facility in an area where we're also Planting the drugs. But right. wait a minute, Wendy. Right. Wendy, but you got to take a look at it this way. When we started putting up 12-step programs, mm-hmm. oh yeah, we had to put them up in our neighborhood, regardless of the crack house, because our people aren't going way out to Timbuktu. But to they go can't afford to go way out to Timbuktu. They can't yes. afford it. Yeah. So we had to take a chance and start putting up 12 steps Everywhere we could in the black community. I got you. Because they're, black people ain't traveling away out of Timbuktu. Right. So we had to do that. Right. To mm-hmm. see if it would at least put a dent in it. At you least. know, because I can remember passing two crack houses to go to a meeting. And you talk about your stomach churning oh, girl. and wow. all of that stuff. But we had to. We had to. We had to. I agree. Because that was the only way we could try to get to our people. The disparity comes in is when we don't have enough black men wanting to be peer specialists or counselors. Mm, I got you. You don't have to be an addiction counselor anymore. You could be a peer specialist. Yeah, you sure can. Because studies have shown uh, one of the theories that we use, one of the therapeutic tools we use is cognitive behavioral therapy. Right. Okay. Now, how can I... If I were white, apply cognitive behavior therapy to you, and I don't know anything about you. Right. I, know, I agree. I know you're black. I agree. I agree. Right. I agree. Right? I but agree. I don't know how you grew up. I don't mm. know what type of neighborhood you right. have. Right. I don't know about your thinking. Right. 
So I'm telling you, okay, your thoughts are right. No, right. they ain't right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Don't think it's all just. You know, and I have to agree with you because I remember, uh, I, and first I applaud you for being a one-time treatment person. Uh, let me share with the audience. Mm-hmm. I went to treatment four and a half times. Wow. I could not get it. I was scared. Mm-hmm. I, I I could I was and see I wasn't because mm-hmm. number one we talk about environment. You I heard came. you heard what Badu what the judge told Badu. <laughs> you got one opportunity. Yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> see, yeah, yeah, yeah. And see that says something else because we have the, we have a tendency to stigmatize people and say that all of them are the same. Mm-hmm. I, I was just blessed, not better than. Yeah. I was just blessed yeah. that I had no legal issues. Yeah. 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 But guess why I ain't had no legal issues? Why? Because I was sneaky and manipulative <laughs> enough. And this is the stuff that keeps me clean, uh-huh. y'all. Yeah. Let me let me be honest with somebody out there that need to hear this. Yeah. See, yeah. while you manipulating and lying and beating the system yeah. and you're too smart for your own good and you reading the book to figure out how you can kick the system, yeah. it will set you up. You don't have to tell on addiction. It'll tell on you. Oh, yeah. Mm. Okay? Oh, yeah. So yeah. for years, I beat the systems. Yeah. yeah. For years, yeah. I was yeah. manipulative and sneaky and lying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now you couldn't tell people that because I was a good girl, right? yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, and you yeah. used that. So each time I thought I was gonna be clean, I manipulated myself back into using right, again, right, mm-hmm. right, 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 because I wasn't honest. And honesty is the first principle, absolutely, of recovery. And it wasn't until I began to be totally honest, honest with myself. Mm-hmm. With myself Mm -hmm. that I was able to stay clean Mm -hmm. so you know don't get it twisted y'all it it, it's not it's not the same for everybody right everybody's journey is right different different and you hurt everybody around exactly and that's what we're going to get into um at our break we're going to talk about family dynamics because um what is also um near and dear to me is that I'm just not treating you know families and you know, in my career, like I have these personal, you know, right bouts with addiction in, in families, even in my friends' families, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so we're going to get to the bottom of that, of kind of what direction that we want our families to, um, people that we know, whether mm-hmm. we're treating them in our career or personally. Because yeah, I think right. we all sit here and we've had people call us and say, just because they know who we are and right. they know what we do, mm-hmm. and say, hey, my sister's on drugs. Mm-hmm. Hey, I suspect my my wife or my husband's on drugs. Right. And they're looking for help. Right. And so we're going to, you know, help those people that may have those issues and give them some direction and give them what, you know, what we can to help them. So after Absolutely. the break, guys, we're coming back. Don't go nowhere. All right, okay. y'all. All right, Stay there. Right. Don't go nowhere. This Don't go nowhere. Good. It's getting good. <laughs>
Take me to another mood. Yeah. 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 Okay. I ain't got, but this is Jewish. Anyway, hey, family. Oh, I got some beautiful family on. I love <laughs> y'all. Family. Thank y'all. Thank I, you love so family. I love my family. I love my family. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, guys, the first segment was off the chain. I mean, yeah. it was, you know, it was like, all. thank you, guys. We, yeah. we, we talked about what um leads to addiction you guys told us your story which again uh, it's on you only told the surface of it i right, know because right, i know right. each right. both yeah, of you, you know our story, story. Yes. Yeah. yeah but you know it it gave light to exactly you know why you guys are sitting here today and still it shows the triumph that yeah. has that has mm-hmm. come from it and the flower that has come out it has mm-hmm. bloomed mm-hmm. um we talked about also, um, I skipped around some, but we talked about the black community um, and the disparities um, yeah. with treatment, um, which led us to this next segment, which is family dynamics. Oh. As I stated that um, we all sit here and, of course, li- the listeners know per- probably personally people and families who are are dealing with um, addiction, um, suspected addiction. I just want to say, too, um, what I've seen a lot is that people suffer in silence, especially in our community. Oh, yes. And if anything that I want to get out of this segment today is that people are are ready to open up because they feel empowered to do that. I hope so. Um, A lot of people find that. You know, when you're when you talk to them and they finally reveal, you know, what's going on, that's the first thing they'll say. I didn't know where to go. Mm-hmm. I felt ashamed. I felt embarrassed. I didn't know. But in during that time, most of the time they've caused a lot of damage. Absolutely. Right? They've really set their situation further back right. because they were either being and, we'll t- and I'm sure you all are, you all are going to hit it mm-hmm. they were enablers mm-hmm. yes oh and we all know that that can cause a lot of issues Big right time. Big so time. with that who what can loved ones do when they're faced with drug addiction in the home Conf- with loved ones confront it mm-hmm. call a spade a spade mm-hmm. some parents are fearful what are you afraid of? Y'all remember? I brought you in. I take you out. What happened to that concept? Right. Yeah. Right. Parents are too afraid to confront it. Don't go around the mulberry bush because the attic is very manipulative. Yeah, that's Honey, what we do. Honey, we could talk the draws off a king if we want to. Yeah. You know, you have to go straight for it and hit it. But before you do that, you have to have a plan. What are you going to do? If they say, yes, mama, I'm addicted to drugs, then you have to have a backup plan. Okay, this is where you want to go. 
Mm-hmm. Or this is where I, I need you to go here and try it out, you know. So what if we, you know, what if it's mm-hmm. the breadwinner, Recon? Uh, Wendy. <laughs> oh, it's okay. <laughs> what if it's the breadwinner? What e- if it's the person that you're laying down with every night? EAP? Yeah. This is hard for uh, a lot of people because there is an emotional tie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you have an emotional tie, you tend to tolerate BS a lot longer than you would if it was Joe Blow on the, the street. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the reality for any of you that's struggling with somebody that is um, having a self-medicating issue. They got to screw up the ground. They got to scr- I, I'm sorry. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. They have to scrub the ground. And if you continue to say, okay, um, okay, because they can sorry you to death. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And here's the reality. People don't get clean for you. They have to get clean for themselves. Mm-hmm. Because if I get clean for you and then you fall, then I'm back where I started mm-hmm. from. Mm-hmm. I have to get clean because I know mm-hmm. that I'm worthy, mm-hmm. that I deserve it. I have to learn mm-hmm. some self Love. Now, you can continue to love them, but you can't lose your life Absolutely. while they're throwing theirs away. Right. It is tough love. love. Yeah. yeah. And until they reach a bottom, mm-hmm. they will not do anything different. There's a saying in our in our group, nothing changes if and nothing changes. changes. Wow. Right. But another thing, uh, we, we also have to look at the, the different types of treatment. Okay. Now, most of us do abstinent treatment, but there's another treatment uh, that I don't find too much down south. It's called harm reduction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if the breadwinner, who, you know, who the family and the wife or the husband is solely dependent on, he can go on harm reduction. Okay, instead of spending all of the paycheck on beer or whatever. Right. Why don't you take out the bill money and the food money and the clothes money and blah, 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 and use this much money for beer? Because mm-hmm. harm reduction is a legitimate type of treatment. People don't know about that. People don't I know, know about that. Especially down south. And yeah, I don't know why. People don't know we, about we, that. We try to put a program up. Uh, Will Paris tried to put a ro- program up. Nobody wants to buy harm reduction. But yet... They don't want to buy harm reduction, but they want to buy medicated assisted treatment. So help me, help me. Um, so the harm reduction is the person that is using. Yes, yes. they makes... cut down, and and okay. more they cut down, some cut off, but some just cut down. I'm gonna give you a story about my uncle who's passed away. Oh, he loved his beer, boy. He used to get drunk and cootie brown. You know, as a kid, <laughs> you know, she said a, as a kid, you know, you think that's funny and stuff like that. Well, my aunt never thought it was funny, but we as kids thought it was funny. But when we got older, Cooter Brown funny. is what's funny. Cooter Brown, <laughs> funny. <laughs> Y'all never heard of drunk as Cooter Brown? I have never heard of oh, drunk girl. as Cootie Brown. That's a southern <laughs> term, yeah. baby. Drunk Cody, as Cootie Brown. Cootie Brown, the crack <laughs> yard, he's so drunk. So, I was Cootie Brown full so, <laughs> Yeah, 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 me too. I was Cootie Brown. And so what my aunt told him, she said, look, because she's one of those two, 
Death do us part. Ain't gonna get divorced. And plus, they had about nine kids. She made him cut down. She said, okay, you gonna drink two beers. And they was just a little meal of beer. I kind of feel sorry for him, but I didn't because I'm in recovery. <laughs> so I didn't feel sorry for him. But two little millers, but you have to drink a, a can of tomato sauce, a, a juice, I'm sorry. So he would drink two millers and a can of tomato juice. And he did that till the day he died instead of drinking all that hard yes. liquor and stuff like that. Wow. And it worked for him. Now, because he's older, other people, even in treatment, we have to say, cut down. Mm -hmm. Try to drink a six-pack mm -hmm. for the weekend because abstinence is not for everybody, and we have to remember how this country was made, how the world was made. Right. Remember, the, the people that built the uh, pyramids, they weren't getting paid money. They were getting paid liquor and women, mm. right? Okay. Mm -hmm. So everything was built on substances, yeah. uh, uh, mind-altering substances, I should say. Uh -huh. So how can we now in this century say no more drugs, no more alcohol? Mm -hmm. We have 13 states that have legalized uh, marijuana. We have 26 that have yep. decriminalized it. You don't, you don't want to get me started You on see that? what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're, we're coming back. We're getting to a place now that we cannot fight this war on drugs because too many people are getting rich. Right. And if everybody stopped using drugs, can you imagine all the agencies that would go under? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, if everybody recover... Do you yeah. know how many rich folk go under? Right. Absolutely. That, that's the reality a a of it. A that's we exactly got to keep some sick people oh, in order them. for the rich people Absolutely. to thrive. And when I heard about harm reduction in class, mm -hmm. um, and Badu was talking about it, it made sense. And I'm looking at it as a mental health thing. You know, when we do treatment and ISPs mm -hmm. um, and treatment plans, um, they're smart. They're realistic, right? Mm -hmm. So how can we tell somebody who's been on crack for 20 years, you're going to stop yeah. completely in six months, yeah. right? right. Yeah. But what we do is we say from this point, from this time to this time, they will go from three times to two times, right. from four times to, you know what I'm saying? So right. we've built our mental health piece on that, that notion that it's, we call it in, in, in the addiction world, it's harm reduction. Right. And what we do in mental health, it's smart. It's realistic goals Absolutely. that that person can reach and feel and say, if this is realistic for me, then giving them a goal that is totally unrealistic, that they will never, that, you know, of, you're killing their, their goal and their situation off top when you start Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Right. And then, you know, we have to think about this. Drug use or drug addiction would not be a problem if it didn't cause crime. Hmm. Y'all heard that before? No, but enlighten me. The only reason, not the only reason, don't get me wrong. Uh, I'm speaking too general. Drug treatment became a priority when the statistics of crime rose. So they had to make an excuse for these crimes. And so the first drug that they pointed the finger at was heroin, was heroin. 
Okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they said, okay, heroin users are committing too much crime. So one of the what did they do? They opened up methadone clinics. Right. And it, when you fill out your application for methadone to, to get on the methadone clinic, you have to write down there, have you ever committed a crime? How many crimes have you committed? This was back in the day. Now, mm -hmm. they probably mm -hmm. changed it. Mm -hmm. But you had to specify that you were committing crimes. And then you would make a good candidate on top of testing positive for opiates, of course. Okay? Okay. And so wow. then they said, okay, well, let's use that for crack addicts because guess what? A person that's using crack is committing more crimes than a heroin user. And even today, a person that uses crack commits more crimes than a heroin user. It's not funny, but it, it's just this. They're using the same method that they did for heroin users to crack users. But they couldn't do it to the marijuana users because we had no uh, statistics that said people that smoke marijuana commit crimes. This is why marijuana is becoming legal in all those states because we have no record of it. Wow. We have no record mm -hmm. of it. And, and it then, makes sense. It and makes and sense. I'm, when I say that, and I'm talking about marijuana by itself, I'm not talking about smoking marijuana and smoking crack or smoking marijuana and shooting up opiates. I'm talking about marijuana itself. We have no record that those uh, people that use marijuana commit crimes. When it comes to, you know, because, you know, you mentioned marijuana, we're still talking about, you know, our families because um, we got a uh, so many um, questions about family and what do we need to do and what, you know, what can we do? But the biggest one of the biggest questions we had was what what do we look out for if we suspect our families or our family member is using? So if you guys could Ask. talk, you know, a little bit about that. Well, some, on, some of the stuff is obvious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> if every time you get paid, yeah, <laughs> you got to stop at the liquor store and you tr right. shaking and, right. and tripping and stuff. And, yeah. and you get irritable after you ain't had a drink or you you you, you got to smoke a joint, breakfast, mm -hmm. lunch and dinner. Or if you done pawned all my stuff. The, girl, if yeah. you done pawned all my stuff at <laughs> my house, I mean some some of the stuff. Yeah, it, it's, it's obvious. obvious. But one of the things where we fall short in families is we don't pay attention to each other anymore, and we live in a society where anything mm -hmm. goes. Yes, I'm minding my business, mm -hmm. you mind mm -hmm. yours, yeah. mm -hmm. and so and that is the way a lot of families are living mm -hmm. we're also in a society where we can't love each other enough to say honey let me talk to you i think yes. you might i think you might be going yeah overboard yeah. or i see some behaviors yeah mm -hmm. that are concerning to me we are not that one of our biggest issues this is for me this is wendy speaking this is not academics okay one <laughs> You're making a disclaimer i'm doing a disclaimer <laughs> One thing we have lost is a people is the value for family. Yes, say it, Wendy. The value for family, even in the past, and 
we've had alcoholism, just like you said, mm-hmm. we've had alcoholism and drug usage for, mm-hmm. for generations. Yeah. But somebody took care of Uncle Willie. Yeah. yeah. Somebody took care of yeah. And Uncle Willie had to stay in the basement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. They, didn't let, they didn't let Uncle Willie go sleep up on the bridge and they didn't let him go rob and they nobody. Yeah, you know. And you know what's so funny is that we talk. We, <sighs> I guess we're just going to always go back to family. But we talked about that in our relationship segment. You know, this is why relationships are are obsolete That's now. Right. Because we don't value family. We don't value family. Um, I had, I, I forgot which co-host um, stated it, but it was a great point. It was like, you know... That we have. That's why we have people not, you know, not married, not you know, devaluing mm-hmm. what marriage is, mm-hmm. devaluing right. what relationship is, because you don't value what it brings to the table exactly. anymore. Yeah. You want to downplay it now. Right. You know, you don't value those experiences that you're that you're having with a person right. because, and you downplay it yeah. because it requires commitment. Yeah. It requires Come sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. It and requires time. me not being able to do everything I want to do when I want to do it. Right. I've got to make some choices because somebody else is involved. Absolutely. And we are living in a time you just when named. it's all about me. Yes. I got to get me me. And you figure out how to get yours on your own. Absolutely. But isn't that the same characteristic of an addicted person? That's same yeah, character- that's the same characteristic of an addicted characteristic person. Characteristic of an addi- addicted person. an addicted person in the family will cause everybody else to become addicted to them. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Exactly. But I, I, I want to share this. When I went to, uh, I went home, uh, my, uh, one of my older sister's uh, uh, granddaughter, uh, we were having a memorial service for her. And, you know, Colorado was one of the first states to have marijuana free. Anyway, so I'm asking my youngest nephews and, and my nieces, I'm like, okay, so. Okay, so you guys can go get uh, to the dispensary and, and, and get anything you want, right? Yeah. Okay, well, my question is, what do you tell your children? You know, what do you tell your children? Because I want to know, what do you tell your children now that marijuana is free in this state? What do you tell your children about it? You know? Uh, well, because see, I don't remember my parents ever telling us about alcohol. We just automatically knew. Yeah, yeah. You know. Well, I did, and see, that's why I say it's it's different. It's it's just always different yeah. because I knew about alcohol. I did a, I did a drug project when I was in the seventh grade. You yeah. know, yeah. Um, so I knew, and I had to research all yeah. of these substances. So I knew, and I too said, yeah, yeah. I ain't never drink no beer because I don't like the way my yeah. aunt breath yeah. smell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The breath. <laughs> that, that was the only reason that I said I wasn't gonna drink. Yeah, 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 Cause yeah, yeah, I didn't, yeah. I didn't like the way her breath smelled. And then another aunt, she grabbed me real hard when she was <laughs> yeah, drunk. Yeah, yeah. You know. But yeah, why yeah, 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 yeah. So those were my as a child. Right, right, right. You automatically knew. Because here's the thing: we have oh, to God. remember that even as a child, <laughs> y'all don't laugh. I'm, I'm just keeping it real. <laughs> Y'all, y'all know y'all had some too. Like, I had, but yeah, grabbed yeah, yeah, you yeah. hard. She grabbed you she hard. She grabbed you real yeah, I think hard. you were traumatized over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it hurt, you yeah, know. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but um, sorry, see y'all so silly. Y'all made me lose my trip. Okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but 
I was determined that I wasn't going to go that route. But those other underlying issues mm-hmm. that I didn't know were issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. I didn't know that I wanted to fit in. I didn't mm. know that I felt isolated. I didn't know that. I didn't know that, that. You know, the big study now for people that don't know is ACEs. I didn't know that I had adverse childhood experiences because it seemed like yeah. my childhood was good. But there were some things that affected me, like not knowing my daddy. Yeah. 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 Now, nobody ever knew that that was a problem for me because I had a man that stepped in, took good care of me, provided for me, protected for me. And that's who I call daddy. But there was still a void. Right. 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 And real quick, genetic predisposition. Oh. Oh, my point was, so you can tell a child. Whatever you want to tell them, they're not going to process it, process it the way we think we want uh-huh. them to. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, my producer said four minutes. Four minutes. It looks like we got a little bit more than four minutes. You gonna let me have a little bit? Oh wow. Okay, I got seven minutes. Seven, seven minutes. minutes. But you know, I'm okay. Okay. So I think they're <laughs> they're exposed to a yeah. lot at their age, but. Biopsychosocial, they still cannot process it the way we think we want them to process it. They just become a product of their environment. But sometimes we need to explain to them why. Why. Mm -hmm. This is why. Mm -hmm. You know, and and I always try to, you know, I, I fail with my kids, even though they're doing good. But my grandkids, I made it my business to always tell them why you don't do this. Right, but my mm-hmm. mom and them didn't know why. I know. I didn't <laughs> I'm the first one that got Girl, identified as an addict in my family. My, Let me say that. My parents mm-hmm. was do as I say and not as you do. Oh, I do. Well, we, they was y- drinking, y'all know too. that. They was drinking, That's too. Two, yeah, they two were drinking too. Two different experiences. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, yeah, guys, yeah, real yeah. quick. Okay, real quick. Okay, so we are going to do a part two. Everybody, uh, we are going to do a part two. Oh, because I just see where this is going. I just see where this is oh, going. Oh, yeah, that's some good stuff. And I know this. I'm going to get some DMs. So we're going to do a part two. But for this one, I do want to um, make sure that we talk about or just give a little bit of any resources. And we'll right now what we'll do is um, since they are both here, my co-hosts both here are from the Georgia area. Um, and then... Um, what we'll, what I'll do is when I rebroadcast this, I will um, look at some of the other states and I will do my research and list some other areas, um, other places and resources within that within your area. So I will do that. But for Atlanta, um, Georgia area, um, do you guys can you give each of you give me one place that um, our listeners who are in the Georgia area can go to? We've locked. Well, 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 wait a minute. First of all, let, let me just say, uh, they're getting ready to have a nine eight eight. A nine eight eight. A nine eight eight. Already number. do. Okay. They're, they're, okay. Uh, so cool. that's for addiction and mental health. Yes. Right. In our Atlanta metro area, any community service board. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Fulton, DeKalb, Clayton, Clayton. Mm-hmm. uh, Gwinnett, Rockdale, Newton. Any community service board, mm-hmm. you will be able to get the help that you need right offhand. And remember, 988. 988, 988 is our national number for mental health. Awesome. And okay. uh, 
phone like, oh, we got to go. Yes. And so addiction. remember 988, and then I will also um, list when I rebroadcast this that um, some other areas, Texas, I'll also do um, Alabama. I'll do some of my listening areas, and mm-hmm. I'll get that down for you all. I promise. I promise. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Oh, this has been awesome. Hey, thanks everybody for We're going to do a part two, y'all. I promise you we're going to get deeper into addiction where we can okay. get help. And we're just going to talk about more of, the, of you guys' experiences. Yeah. So I will get that date for you all. Okay, and I, I look forward to it. thank you all for coming. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you all for tuning in to Holistic Living with Hazel. This yeah. has been the bomb. Check your girl Holistic out. Holistic okay? with Hazel. Yes. Y'all better check it out. <laughs> y'all missing something if you don't. <laughs> I love it. I love y'all. And y'all can reach out to me on my Facebook page as well. Yes. Yeah. What's your Facebook? What's your Facebook page? Oh, that, oh, y'all ain't looking at me. Hey, it's different. No. <laughs> <laughs> Lister. Wendy. Wendy Hall. Hi. Just Wendy Hall. That's it. All my right. Facebook page. Okay. All right. Love y'all. Bye. Love y'all. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Holistic Living with Hazel. Tune in to iHeartRadio or TheReal1100.com. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to Holistic Living Podcast with Hazel.